You're listening to a DM podcast. We are underway. G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. We're a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host, TK. And tonight, I'm not here with the boys. Well, not with Andy. He's quit. So we're looking for a new host. So hit us up if you want to become a new host on Talking League. <laughs> nah, nah, Andy Jacob. Andy's, because of the floods and things like that, he works on the power line. So he's got night shift tonight, but he'll be back tomorrow for the Q&A. But I do have with me my mate, the snake. Corby, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Why, why are you well, a snake, mate? Why are you a snake? I'm not sure what you're talking about, mate. I All right. I don't know what you're talking about. I've got a story to tell, boys and girls, and this is probably a really good lesson for everyone in a draft league. Do not tell your good mates the night before free agency on a Sunday night I'm talking about who you're going to be picking up Monday because what they do is they slither in no hands and they snake your player, <laughs> beat you by a minute. Josh is a teacher and somehow – He's disturbed the whole class or made him go to play. What would you do? How did you even beat me in? No, it just worked out that I was not on class at that time. But the uh, I had little. Here's, here's my rebuttal. It's not defense because I'm not in trouble here. My rebuttal, I had little and his minutes massively reduced, which is a worry for all those out there that I think most people do. Yeah. Uh, and Egan was back, who you dropped – Let's not forget that one. You did have him. You dropped him. And I, uh, yeah, I nabbed him. But so, hopefully. Yes, it was Egan because my team has been just smashed with injuries and suspensions. So I actually had to unfortunately drop Egan to field a team. And I told Corby that I was going to pick him back up. And then someone has picked him up before. <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, I lost. Raymond Fatala Mariner today. <laughs> Sucked in. So uh, the footy gods may have got me back there, but I think so. I'll, uh, I'll be hoping to snipe other people next Monday. All right. So tonight on, to, on tonight's show, we've got Dane Clark from Clarky Rugby League Column who updated us on some news and rumors. We'll be going through our studs and duds and our regular team list analysis. But we are going to be having a Q&A, a big Q&A show. We've already got about 14 questions, and Physio Phil will be back as well. You've got till the deadline of probably about Wednesday, 3 or 4 o'clock, just gives enough, enough time to prepare. Your your question will be played on the podcast. There's a little bit of confusion about whether we're doing a live show. It's not live, but the Q&A, if you want to hit it up, it's 028405. 7947. It's also in the show notes or just head over to talkingleaguepod.com and all the details are on there. Also, if you can, head over to social media, follow up for a daily player and team analysis, Talking League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, sorry, Facebook and Instagram, and then Talking League One on Twitter. Corby, what's your your Twitter handle again? Uh, JJ Corby. I think it's nothing too crazy. Yeah, just hit the Talking League one up. You'll find all our personal profiles if you want to follow us gibbering on on social media as well. But let's kick things off with studs and duds, my man. How good is this bloke? Corby, your stud of the week. Yeah, I had – we went two, didn't we? Yeah, I went, two. Sorry, um, Mitch Barnett. Now, I actually – I got ripped on this um, for – I think it was the podcast just before uh, round one. 
I said, yeah, he's, I think he had an average of 45 in his um, games at second row last year. He's only going to get an extra six points in kicking. Yeah. I'm not interested. And uh, mate quickly reminded me who did pick him up um, after he scored quite well in round one, and he's done it again. 72 points, uh, 18 runs for 147 metres. He's getting more runs and run metres than Frizzell, um, which I think is quite wise from Newcastle. I think they're using Frizzell a bit better than the Draggies did. Three tackle breaks, two offloads. He's just a beast. But, I mean, the big one out of that, the weekend he's kicking is unreal but the the one he got from the sideline yeah that was red hot with How the sunset too with the sunset going down and they've captured it quite well mate he's a better goal kicker than ponga well that i've got this here does he take the kicking off ponga yes. he got six from seven round one yep i reckon he does because it just just frees Kalen up right he doesn't have to worry about it yeah well i that's yeah it's a big one so he's break even 34 he's already made 40k mm. i think the way he's scoring, there's still value if you want to pick him up and, you know, you you got someone wrong. Like Maddo's a worry, Madison. I don't know how long he's out if you've got someone like him. Yeah. Um, and he's dual pick, too, right, Corbs? Yeah. Yeah. He's um, he's dual. He's, yeah, he's ticking a lot of boxes. And he's one of those ones. I'll, I'll probably eat my words on that one. I, I didn't think he'd go as well as he has. And, <laughs> yeah. Who's, only we could- who's your guy number two, Corbs? Ryan James, this guy's off the bench, but he's scoring more than most mids that are starting. He's he, looking uh, good, eh? He's looking real good. So he didn't score a try this week, but scored better. Uh, got a 61 from 40 minutes. Now, uh, I don't think he's going to sort of push too many more minutes than 40, mm. maybe 50 at, at best, just with the, the massive Raiders pack and the quality that they've got. When he gets on there, he's like we know he was just a, a, a gun back in the day, but he's just showing it. If he's injury free, he's yeah. just going to keep ticking those points over. Four tackle breaks, one line break. Um, that was a good. That was that. a good line break too. One hundred forty-four meters, yeah. And his break even's only fourteen. He's made fifty k already. Again, if you don't get on him soon, um, you're probably going to miss out. I think you still can get on him if yeah. you're. I think you've got to make two trades this week. Like you've you've seen a couple of games, you need to readjust. There's mm. a couple of players that in the forwards anyway. Uh, we'll talk about the backs, but in the forwards, if they're not sort of, it was made for forwards footy with the wet weather. Yeah. If they didn't score well, then yeah, get those two in for sure. Now Andy sent me who he wants. He had TPJ and Josh Jackson. TPJ, like for him to use three interchange cards. That's his only big problem. Like, he's a great fantasy player. I would hate to coach him in real life, though. Yeah, he he, he he scored, like, massive points per minute last week as well, though. He's like a running back in the NFL. It's like he needs to go off every second play. He just does not have any stamina. Yeah, would you – I don't know. Do you maybe start him off the bench then so he has the break at half time and then bring him on after smart, half time? Because as soon know. as he went off, him and Flegler – they brought on the two smaller middles, and they just lost their way. Like, that was exactly what happened. They'll get a bit of firepower back um, with Haas and uh, – And also Lodgy next back next week. They might yeah. have to cop another flogging, though. The other guy he had was Josh Jackson. Impressive tackles last week. But in saying that, it was a kind of middles weekend, wasn't it? With with the wet weather, they're always going to dominate. So He would have been licking his lips, Josh Jackson. That's his footy. He didn't miss a tackle, mate. 
Yeah, that's impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah, that's real good. But my guys is Benny Hunt, and for all the crap that he cops, you've got to give him a rap because he was so dominant on on Saturday night. Yeah, I know it was a Cowboys. He got pro- plenty of problems up there with the new coach and trying to figure out where where players play. But at the end of the day, you can only just analyze what's in front of you. And Ben Hunt had a really good game. I think he can continue to produce it. Out of his first two games, he's kicking close to 300 kick meters, dominant, running the ball a lot, 90 run meters, which is really impressive. That's that Cleary sort of style. Cleary runs at 90 to 100. 20 tackles, only two misses, good efficiency, and two tries. He's creating. So in terms of whoever got him, especially at the start of the year when you think he's averaging 75 as a dual, you're licking your lips because he's owned by less than 4%. So he's going to be pretty much the pot of the year. And at the moment, you're going to have to really have a think. 789K, he's going to be a long-term play. Are you going to kind of lock it in now? Because his break-even is going to be very, very high. So you might have already missed the boat, but hats off to everyone that picked him up before round two because you are a genius and you'll probably be sitting in that kind of top 100 people, I reckon. Yeah, he's a good one. And, hey... If he's steering the draggies around for a couple of wins, I'm, I'm all for him. <laughs> Cheers, Snake. But second guy I've got is Tatili Tupanua, another one. You pretty much had to have him from round one or you've kind of nearly even missed the boat because he's kind of outperformed with a 62 and 70 already. I kind of see him probably projecting back towards that mid-50s. His base stats are quite nice, 35 tackles, 90 metres, four tackle breaks. So he kind of already got base stats of that kind of you know mid to high 40s. Add some attacking stats on that, and you're going to average between that 50 and 60 every week. But what I really like about him, and something that I brought up to your attention today, and I think the Roosters have the best edge in the comp, both sides, it's because of their adaptability. What's the Tilly did, and Angus did it a lot in round one. Both of them did it in round one and two. They interchange into the middle, and they give their middles a, a bit of a rest. And the Roosters are able to do this because they've got guys like Takiaho. They get Radley back this week. And probably not to an extent with Lindsay Collins, but definitely with Isaac Leo as well. They can interchange because they're so quick. They've got really good leg speed, so they don't get caught out on the edge. And it gives them a, quite a little bit of a rest. Satili got caught out once by Jacob Little, but it probably was more the marker's fault. But he's in a little bit of fault there as well. But their ability to get into that middle just gets them a few little extra stats in terms of tackles. And they do it the best. A couple other teams do it, but not to the extent of the Roosters, especially around that 20, 25-minute mark. you probably see it again this week. They definitely did it in round one and two. I noticed at the end of last year as well. So something to keep an eye on, but the Roosters do it the best. And I think you'd need to have both of these edges in your team somehow. The the only thing, though, that I would say is it'll be interesting to see the Roosters have played Manly and Tigers. Yeah. So that still wet weather footy has played its role on the outside backs, but... That's inflated their scores a bit. Yeah, and also I also think well. you make a good point on the the weather, but the other big thing is they've played in the day as well. They've played at 4 o'clock and 5.30, and they played on that really hot Saturday night. So they've they've literally, because that expansive style that they're playing, they're throwing the ball around a lot. When you see those cutouts from both Kiri and Teddy, when you put in a little bit of dew on that, that surface on ANZ on Friday night, things might not go that, that well. Yeah, that'll be. I'm interested to see. I'm hoping the rain stays out of it. So, because it was the Cowboys Dragons game was very entertaining with mm. them being able to throw the footy around a lot more. The dry footy weather was good. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some cracking games of footy, but yeah. it'd, be, 
the rain can go away now. Yeah, because we're, we're forecasting Sydney actually for two 28-degree days over the next two days, which is Wednesday, Thursday. But then Friday, again, is scheduled to rain and then back Saturday with a dry track. So hopefully the rain does stay away because we do definitely need that. But, yeah, we make some good points there. But, boy, let's move on to our uh, Juds. Before we go to you, Corbs, I may as well spit out Andy's. He had Joey Lealua and David Mead. So a couple of pretty obvious ones. But, Corbs, let's go to you because you've got a couple of the wingers. And where do you want to start? Well, I... You take your pick on wingers. Again, this is this is what we were touching on before. It was not the conditions for the poor old outside backs, unless you were Brett Morris, who doesn't care. Uh, I went Charlie Staines. Now, I don't think – I think his price scared a lot of people off anyway to yeah. start with. Yep. But the, the Panthers just seem to be going to that left edge, as we predicted. Mm. Um, that's their favourite edge, and they have so much success down there. But – even when they go the right, Momorowski is a massive <laughs> ball hog. He doesn't pass. <laughs> yeah. And he scored well. He, he got a couple of tries. He, he gets those um, sort of cuts back in, gets a couple of tackle breaks, and um, he sort of caught out a couple of lazy forwards for a try. But with Staines, 11 points on the weekend, 10 runs for just 71 metres, he is more of that nippy, quick feet back. So, again, the conditions just did not suit him. He had an error. He only had four tackles and missed one. He's got he's lost 52K already and a break-even of 50. So, at what price do you start considering purchasing the stains? He's just going to have to – when you think – because he's, he's got a bad comparison because Toro was on the other side, right? And he's the stat yeah. king. Like when you think he's base stats, he's hitting, what, 180 to 200 metres a game, hit five tackle breaks in a quiet game, hit 12 in the round one. So he's going to yeah. average somewhere between those two, right? So his quiet game is going to be five. His big game is going to be 12. So it's it's just hard because he just doesn't have the same work ethic. I just don't think he's a winger, mate. 393 is price stat. So, he's yeah, he's as I said, he's lost 52K. If he comes down around that 300K, which <laughs> if he's track the way he's tracking could be like in a fortnight's time. Yeah. Do you do you start considering just because of the side he's in the upside in attack? I don't know. I guess maybe are we waiting for Dylan Edwards to get injured and him to get a crack at fullback? Like Oh, that that'd be the, the dream like you don't want to wish an injury, but if you were to if that was to play out and you got stains at fullback at a low price, uh, you wouldn't be the only one to do it. But if you were quite clever enough to jump on and, you know, because another part of it is getting people at that right price when they drop. Ben was on the other day, he was talking about Raymond yeah. Taylor Mariner, but you might be waiting a while till he comes down in price. Mm, for sure. Yeah, it, it, keep an eye on him, but he hasn't started well. No, I agree. Now, you're bold, man. You've, you're going after the bold fella. Well, Mead could have went into this one as well, but I went with Fergo because oh, I was like, it, that score last week was, I think, a bit of an outlier for poor old Fergie Ferg. He uh, was back to his old ways with four errors. Um, he did have two tackle breaks and an offload, but yeah, only got the 19 points. So four from Grace from his round one of 55. Yeah. A lot of people were like, 2018 Roosters, he was really good, like scoring massive points. 
But look who's on that edge, on the right edge <laughs> for the Roosters now. Yeah. He's he started rounds one and two with two uh, hat-tricks. So I, I don't think Fergo's ever going to get back to that. And he, he was just in a very good side. And, oh, yeah, I don't think he's – if you did get him and you're licking your lips, we seem to be using that line a bit. I thought I'd go with it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, Break even at 28. He's still, you don't need to panic too much. There's probably more issues in your side. But, yeah, I, I didn't think he was going to keep that up. Yeah, I think you get a bit of a, you get one of those for those warnings. I like that. Now, I think with my duds this year, it's kind of like me talking people off a ledge because this is kind of like a very DM thing. And it's about AJ Brimson and Jake Alvarillo. Now, AJ's in my draft team and, he had a career low game last year, which, last week, sorry, and it included four errors. But again, you're not dropping AJ Brimson from your, your draft team. He's a confidence player, and especially this week with Ash Taylor out, I think he's really going to have to step up. He's, like I said, another four week rule in terms of your classic team. But really, see, you just want to. I went back to his stats from last year when he was killing it, and he's at a average last year with his fifty was 164 meters. He was hitting a try game, three tackle breaks again, one one line break a game as well. He's well off that pace at the moment, but he's that type of guy. He's still coming back from that injury, that foot injury. So as his confidence builds, like at the moment, give him a couple more weeks in classic. If he's not up to the scratch, punt him. But in draft, you're never going to punt him. The other guy is Jake Averillo. Now, I think everyone's being a little bit mean on Jake. You know, the Bulldogs, they went up to Newcastle, played in atrocious conditions up there, come back in round two, play pretty much the best team in the comp and get swamped. So the conditions really haven't suited him. When you think he's hitting a 20 average, and that's with a nine meters per game. Like, he is a running halfback. He, sorry, 5'8", but he hasn't had a crack in good conditions. This week against Brisbane, if he does not hit 100 meters running, you have my permission to drop him. But give him an opportunity to play against an inferior team, build some confidence on a dry track, and then do it. Don't just do it off two really hard, two top eight teams from last year in atrocious conditions and then try to punt him. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think that's the same with a, a few. Like I know I just touched on Fergo and me don't chase points when they just went massive and that's the same with a lot of the outside backs. But if you do have those players, I mean, I think we've gone with the three or four week rule sort of between us, hold on to them. But yeah, you'll see some different scores this week with a few that we thought were going to go better than um, the rounds one and two have shown. Like Avarillo's perfect example. Mm. I'd ha- I hated playing in that those conditions. Oh. Oh, sunny day, dry. But certain players do love it, but as a half and outside back, yeah, they they'll increase their scores. Big time, I reckon. For sure. Now, before we go to Clarkie, another thing is everyone panicking about where they are in the ladder. Now, I've scored 1,899 points, which puts me at 3,228 as a rank. Now, I just had a look at a few people posting their things on Facebook today. There was one gentleman that posted, and he was scoring 1,982, which is 83 above me, and he's ranked 237. So for that... 81 points, he's averaging close to 3,000 points ahead of me. So you can only see how much, because how many have you scored? Because you're at 5,000. You're only about 50 below me, aren't you? Yeah, what was your overall score? 1899. I'm 1858, and I'm at uh, rank 6,712. So there you go. You'll see how close this ladder is. So don't panic. It's it's round two. Like, 
you could be maybe 200 behind me and be 20,000 behind me. But that, when you think, I just had a look at that guy's team as well. His team was made up of Braley, which is outperformed by a million miles. He's also got Cleary, which could become a bit of a bummer this week if he's rubbed out. I've got a feeling a lot of teams in this top 200 had Cleary as captain and Braley as starting nine. If things go kind of back to average and Braley goes back to being a 40 hooker and Cleary's rubbed out on Thursday, there's going to be a lot of movement in this round. Yeah, this one could hurt me because I have Cleary and I've captained him both weeks and he's actually got me out of a fair bit of trouble. But I picked him knowing that he was just going to be that safe captain. Yeah. And, yeah, without him there, I, I lose. I could lose 90 points easy. Yeah, before we move on, who's going to be your captain this week, mate? Uh, I'll toss it up. It's probably going to have to be a Pappenhausen Tedesco. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking maybe Pappenhausen at the moment. Yeah, because that could I be a think, tough battle on Friday night, couldn't it? Yeah, I just think he's going to really step up. If they don't have Cleary, that could be huge for Panthers too, I think. Yeah. I know Burton's going to come in full of energy, but uh, it'll be a tough one to crack crack the uh, storm defense line. No, I definitely agree. All right, guys, let's quickly check in with Clarky. You've got mail. All right, guys, joining us on the line is Dane Clark from Clarky's Rugby League column. He will join us for the latest news all around the NRL. You can find Clarky at Twitter, Clarky's underscore column, Instagram, and Facebook, Clarky's RL column. Clarky, welcome to the potty, mate. Cheers, PK, and to the listeners, g'day, it's good to be back. Mate, before we rip in, mate, Titans, I saw you going nuts on Friday. Are you still are you still on a bit of a high? Oh, definitely. Whenever the Titans get a, get a win, it's, it's a high that gets me through the week, and it just makes the week so, so sweet, <laughs> especially when it's went over the Broncos, too. Bit of banter there, mate. I saw the, a few of the, the Broncos fans biting. What did you say? We're not little brother anymore or something? Well, so I said, I, I, I understand that we are little brother in the perspective of the Broncos have a much more rich history than us, and they've also made more finals appearances um, than us. So I can see those points. There's no point arguing them. What I will argue is the Broncos' last premiership was 2006, and the Titans entered in 2007. So when Broncos fans say we're big brother because we have six premierships, I sit there and go, well, that's not a fair comparison because <laughs> you actually haven't won any whilst we've been in the comp with you. So that's where I took exception, I suppose. Got the stats out. I like it. Let's rip into some news. Oh, yeah. Let's rip in some news. Adam Reynolds, mate, he's making news over the last couple of weeks and it's becoming a bit of a saga because they've offered him a one-year deal. What's the latest that you've got on him? And do you see that there's a little bit of a distraction for Adam and the team? I wouldn't say it's a distraction because I think at this stage, Reynolds and his teammates are still confident the deal will get over the line. Ultimately, I think the deal will get over the line, um, but it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I know that they're sort of taking this stance due to the way that Sam Burgess and Greg Inglis retired from the club, but you look at the players they signed to replace both, Jai Arrow and Latrell Mitchell. Realistically, they are... Uh, perfect replacements, I suppose, in, in every sense of the word. They're almost like carbon copies, mm. obviously not to the same extent, but their play style is very similar to the two they lost. Look, for me, when Reynolds left the field against the Seagulls, the team didn't look the same. The only reason they were still competitive and able to get over the line is because Benji Marshall has that veteran experience in the half. And Benji Marshall's also off contract next year. I think the proof is in the pudding. The Rabbitohs fall apart without an out-and-out genuine seven because then players like Latrell and Cody Walker can't activate the best aspects of their game. So 
the proof's in the pudding for me that they need Reynolds. They will fall apart without him. It is so dumb they are even playing with fire here because there are multiple teams. Just on top of my head, Cowboys are in the hunt for a half. We know the Broncos are, the Bulldogs, the Tigers. Mm. Almost every bottom eight team could and would use Adam Reynolds. So I do see the deal getting over the line, but I think Bunnies are silly for even letting it get this far. Yeah, agree. Now, next man. Joey Lealua, he's been dropped this afternoon in Team List Tuesday and had an absolute shocker on Sunday. But found out today he's actually got one he's got a he's got a player option, but it's in the club's favour for the end of the year. So he's pretty much off excuse me, off contract. So talk to me a little bit about what you think about Joey and where he fits moving forward. Yeah, here's the thing. I actually don't think Joey Lealua fits into that Tigers system. Um, at the time, I didn't think it was a smart signing, and I think Michael Maguire is starting to realise that as well. So I do see him moving Leilua on. And at this stage of his career, I do think the Super League is probably best suited for Leilua. What I've always thought was, at the Raiders, he played right side. Yeah. And I always thought he was one of those centres that had a little bit of defensive deficiency, I suppose you can say. And he, he wasn't the greatest defender, but his attacking prowess more than made up for it. Um, think, you know, probably a big example of that at a much higher level is the Jonathan Thurston. Um, amazing in attack, so the defense sort of fizzles out of the negative spotlight, if you will. Uh, but moving into the left side at the Tigers, I think that's really exemplified his issues in defense. And I mean, how many points does the Roosters score? 40 or something with Brett Morris scoring a hat-trick down his side. Uh, Tedesco had a try on that side of the field. Uh, I believe Supernua had a try on that side of the field. At the end of the day, it's not good enough. I can see why he's dropped. I believe his only pathway back into this Tigers team is through injury or suspension. And ultimately, I do think the club will move him on at the end of this uh, year. Yeah, you make a good point. That left edge, when you think you had the, the winger, Kapoor, I think his name is, the rookie. You, as you mentioned, Joey Leilua on there. His brother's not the best defender on that left edge. And Brooksy's not the best defender. It was turnstiles, wasn't it, mate? Absolutely, and it's, it's something that I think was a massive oversight by the Tigers um, the Tigers coaching staff, particularly Michael Maguire. He's always been known as a bit of a hard-nosed um, defense-first coach. Um, think back to his time with the Rabbitohs. So for him to have that sort of oversight and not, I mean, break down some footage or even look as far as the stats will tell us, and the stats will tell us, there's a big risk there. That's a large area of liability, mm. especially against the Roosters, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, final question, mate, on Anthony Milford. You know, plenty of people are kind of making out that he's the reason for a lot of the lack of success at the Broncos. And at the end of the day, he's the million-dollar man, isn't he? And a lot of accountability comes on the back of that. But in your opinion, is he being made out to be the scapegoat? Well, I definitely think he it's not his fault. Yes, he is being made out to be the scapegoat, and that's because he's off contract, and, and it's very easy to do so. Um, look, this is a bit of a rough take, but for me, with, with the stage that Milford has added in his career, I view him as a 14 in the modern game. I think he could do something similar to what Benji Marshall is doing for the Bunnies at the moment, and that's 20 to 30 minutes of brilliance. I don't think Anthony Milford is an out-and-out 80-minute out half. He doesn't work into the game and, and you know, um, grow on the other team's defensive errors and capitalize on them. He sort of has these moments of brilliance every now and then, but they're just overshadowed by a lot of very questionable decisions in the half. Now, personally, I hate to compare salaries, but we have to look at this realistically and, and through the facts. Mm. The facts are 
he is paid the same money as players like Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston, and Cooper Cronk will. Is that his fault? No. It's the Broncos' fault for offering him that deal. So, of course, the club wants to deflect that and make him out to be the scapegoat. In reality, what the Broncos' board should be doing is putting their hand up and saying, hey, it was a mistake. We should not have signed him for that amount. Um, He's not a million-dollar player. He never shown anything to suggest he was a million-dollar player. And he certainly never lived up to being a million-dollar player. But that's not Milford's fault. The Broncos have to wear and bear some of the responsibility there. But instead, they're deflecting that to Milford. And I do think some of the negative reports we see around Anthony Milford, particularly of recent, I would suggest they're actually leaked from the club. I would say what we have here is board chairman and board members um, feeling more than comfortable going to um, Peter Bedell and other journalists from the Cree Mail and saying, hey, um, here's a good scoop for you, write this. And equally what that's doing is justifying to the fans and Broncos stakeholders why Anthony Milford ultimately will be moved on at the end of this season. Yeah, some great insights there. Clark, you always appreciate it, and we'll catch up with you next week, my man. No worries, TK. All right, Corbs, that's Clarky. Let's move on to Team List Tuesday. Mate, we were excited for this one, and it's come up an absolute dud, my friend. Yeah, I've, it, it hurt me in um, in draft with uh, Raymond just uh, getting the confirmation before the uh, team list got pulled out. But I thought some teams <laughs> were going in limping with a couple of losses. <laughs> would change things up, but the coaches have stayed strong. Whether I think there'll be a few sneakies. Um, before the kickoff. But, yeah, I think yeah. so as well. Now, first game, Penrith versus the Storm. <clears throat> Excuse me. At Thursday, 8.05 at the newly named Blue Bet Stadium. Now, Nathan Cleary in extreme doubt. George Jennings retains his place. Now, Tom Ivanhuth, he's going to be replacing Kafusi in the back row. He's got suspended for three, three weeks. But Corb's pretty much as we expected, and... Yeah, with Cleary not expected to play, like we said, it's going to pretty much open up. But kind of on the on the Storm side, are you surprised that George Jennings got another crack? Yeah, well, who who was there to come back in? Who were they chucking? Well, oh, Arima. They, yeah, Arima, Dean Arima. Who got plenty of time in the trials. I was, I was even thinking he might have got the, the start round one. But, but there also something to Seve returned in Queensland Cup and got through the game. So is he going to come back and um, push a few people if they don't perform? Yeah, I think so, for sure. Jeez. But yeah, no, Eisenhuth, he's yeah. going to be tested. Is he going to be up against Kikau? Well, Kenny Bremich, he, yeah, he will be because Tommy yeah. will be on the right edge. So that'll be quite so interesting. That'll be um, welcome welcome to my house. I think so Big well. Kikau off, off the game he had last week. Yeah, the cheese kind of was a bit of an interesting one. I still think he's come back really underdone. Like, he was blowing gas after that 50-minute mark. I'll be surprised if they don't carry Smoothie again into that game. He was pretty good last week, Smoothie, in that kind of, like, 10-minute cameo. But feel sorry for Nico Hines, eh? Like, because he's such a cloyly player. He just can't get minutes. Yeah, if the way that he was puffing last week, and he went a million miles an hour, there's no way that they're going to let him play 80 against the Panthers. <laughs> Mate, Cleary's going to be, not Nathan, but Ivan Cleary, his forward rotation, Matty Eisenhuth didn't come on until like the 37th minute or something. It was something really crazy. Liam Martin kind of switching between the edge and middle. Spencer Leonu, he's, he's been pretty good. He's been getting his minutes. And then 
the guy that we expected to get extra minutes, he just isn't. Moses Leota, he's kind of cracking at that that thirty five minute mark, isn't he? Yeah, he hasn't been getting it at all. I think he's. I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I think he's just sort of playing it. It, 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 did we talked about it? Is he sort of just giving them all a shared minutes, just thinking of the long game, Probably. or is he just judging it on the game and um, making the call on the spot? I think he just makes it on the spot because Mitch Kenny ended up playing eighty minutes, and Tyrone May, yeah, he came on and he played some good minutes in the middle as well. So I've got no idea what Cleary's doing. He's going to be an absolute, especially in classic, to have to have his team have these players. Sorry, it's an absolute nightmare because you just don't know. First week, you thought Capewell was the best in the business, and then everyone's trying to rob him again. Yeah, I had Capewell, and I've, I'm sticking with him, but I was really happy with my decision at the start, and then, yeah, last week, he he didn't quite score as well as I'd liked. Yeah. Let's move on. Game number two is Friday night, Wollongong, 6 p.m., Dragons versus the Eagles. Now, the Dragons, unchanged for the first time in bloody years, but you want to make an apology to Josh Kerr before we move on? Yeah, he he's killed, he killed it <laughs> at second row uh, the other night, and he's he's done quite well. well. I really got thrown off by the charity shield when we got towed up. <laughs> <laughs> you were blind yeah. as well. We were out that night, remember? So we probably yeah. didn't get to watch it, probably. But Dragies, yeah, good mate. There's Spoon. Yeah. That's I get well the grand of, final tickets, boys. Well, Line up at Ticket Tech. Well, we sh- surely we get up against Manly, but Manly. Still sticking with their fullback in Walker, I thought that was going to have to change yeah. because he's he's shown me nothing. Well, an interchange bench not going to get much better unless they put Tavita Vuna or Christian Tupulotu, who they got from the Roosters, but they're more wingers. But on their side, let's talk a little bit about Josh Shushta. He's been named in that 12. He's at 300 kind of cage, a little bit above that. I'm putting him in my team this week because I think he's just too juicy. But I see all Wade Graham in him. He's just so big and he's so aggressive. I reckon he's going to be a better edge edge player than he is a second rower, and this could be the making of a new second rower. What's your thoughts? Yeah, the first time I saw him, he was playing um, back row in his school footy, mm. and then he's uh, he was quite successful in his SG ball in the 5'8 position, and that's where he's sort of come in. And that, I thought he might have even got a start in that um, round one. Yeah. Uh, when Foran was talking about going to hooker. But, yeah, he, his defense, like he made 40 tackles, only mm. one miss. Like, That's pretty good. I don't know whether they changed the game plan on the spot, but they peppered him, and he, he did crop well. And he's got the attacking skills like Wade Graham, ball-playing skills. So mm. you add those few attacking skills in, if he can bring that in and his solid defense, he could be a – yeah. I, I think I'm, you're going to have to bring him in, aren't you? You do. Cheap price, and he's – you can play a back row in halfback position. It's yeah, that's a no-brainer, I think. Well, for me, who picked up Andrew Davy, I'm downgrading to pick up a guy that is pretty much <laughs> so taking did, his spot. And... So did I. I picked up Davy too. But the great <laughs> thing is, mate, if he can put four, because I think it's going to be around round five where they do the jewels again, and we could possibly pick up a nice little jewel that we could sit on the emergencies or maybe even number seventeen, pick up some money, and then upgrade later in the year, but. I'm all for Josh Shuster, mate. I th- think he's going to make money. He's at the bottom price. Mm-hmm. And again, how, since when have we had a back rower in the half? That's an interesting duel. Yeah, big time. I think that's going to be a good one. Let's move on. 8.05 Friday, probably the match of the season so far, the Bunnies versus the Roosters. We're going to pretty much see where both these teams are at. 
Cody Walker's been pretty disappointing to start the season, but he always gets up for this game. So this could be his kind of little breakout game. On the other side, I think the Roosters, plenty of still question marks, people saying that Luke Keery only played against two really poor teams, which is a fair regard, but I, same thing. I think his style of play, the way he's kind of taken them, I think he can do it week to week. But again, they're going to be back in night footy this week. Teddy, he's what, five tries already, mate? Yeah, he's he's five, isn't he? Yeah. And then He still um, eight last year as a total. Yeah, he's he's really start. Or the root, as I said, the Roosters have played two pretty weak sides, mm. probably the weakest sides so far. But yeah, <laughs> five tries. Yeah. Him and I've seen a thing. Him and Brett Morris have scored more points than about four <laughs> teams down the bottom. Uh, no, mate. As a Keon owner, how how do you think of his performance last week? Yeah, solid. I think he was really good defensively. So it, he's going to be massive that big body in front of your your kick outs and your other big attacking back rowers. Yeah. I don't think we I think he's got to work up his fitness before he can um He's a work in I, progress, isn't he? Like Yeah, like give him a few rounds and his attack will come out a bit more, but cuz I think he was fairly gassed from just playing the 80 out there, but um yeah, he 45 for yeah. 80 minutes and he didn't do anything special. You got to if that's his sort of bottom price or bottom um sort of base that he's going to hit, that's not he's, a bad one. He's in my sights if Turpin doesn't aim up this week. But on the Roosters' side, plenty of interest. Victor Radley, he's back. And it's an interesting bench because they've got four middle forwards with Victor, Jawahira Hargraves, Nate, Nat Butcher, and Daniel Fafita all sitting on there. So you probably think Nat Butcher and Victor Radley will spell Freddie Lussick. Freddie actually didn't get a huge amount of time last week. They replaced him with Drew Hutchison, who did a pretty good job, actually. So I'll be surprised if he doesn't make his way onto the interchange bench, Drew. But on the other side of things, Crichton's back as well. So you think Crichton and Tupanu, are they going to be their 80-minute edges? So plenty of minutes because plenty of people looking at Lindsay Collins, and we'll go into more detail probably in the Thursday show. But you'd have to think, Corbs, he's going to lose some minutes. Yeah, he should now. I don't know. In this game, maybe not because... Radley might just go on and play hooker and just sort of get easy his, way back in. Yeah, easy his way back in, which I, I my eyes are set. I hope it's a couple of weeks. I hope the Roosters play it safe mm. because I think he's going to be 60, 65 minutes towards the back end of the year. And I reckon he's going to be huge. Mm. Jo- um, Joshy Mantle the, back the as well after Jackson uh, Paulo. He failed a HIA, so he's out for a couple of weeks, I think. Adam Reynolds in doubt. He had a HIA as well that he failed. And then Latrell Mitchell, a bit of news that he walked off training unassisted. So they're not really talking about injury, but he didn't finish training today, which is interesting. So, Yeah, I did see that, but I'm not going to read too much into it. I think he sh- hopefully should be fine. Yeah, maybe he just had a sick kid at home or something like that. But we'll hopefully find out more in the coming days. Let's move on Saturday at a GIO Stadium. And now your mate, Jared Croker, he's back. But yeah, he is. How slack would- butt, mate. Sebastian Chris was the best player on the field on Sunday night. He's a player. Yeah, I know. It's a it's a tough one, but you can't really keep Croker out. Although if if like the Simmonson, I think he's under the most pressure, or Rapana knocking the ball out of his teammates. Yeah, that's a bit silly. Do, do you put a big body Chris? Does he go there? I mean, yeah, I'd I don't think he finds his way back in because Curtis Scott played pretty well as Curtis looks on the good, other doesn't side. he? And he's not really – I don't think he's really a winger mould, so he's just going to have to bide his time, isn't he? But he just looks big body, fast. He put that kick 
downfield where he, and then they all smothered Will Kennedy as well, put him back in goal. He's got some skill. That try that he scored, he went straight through Townsend and Harati. Yeah, yeah it's bo- a tough one. Boy's got some game. On the other side of things, Adam Pompey, he retains his spot in the centres. Big one. Another little cheapy, definitely for your radar, is Sean O'Sullivan. And I did, I did a little bit of homework on him today because he hasn't got a, a huge amount of data, but he did play five games at halfback, average mid-40s. Does have a tidy kicking game, and we got a little bit of a look-see in the trials. He actually started at halfback because CHT didn't play that trial against the Titans. But interesting enough, I'm just trying to find my notes, but he's, I think it was three. When he does play 5'8", his average does drop dramatically to around that 30. So it'll be interesting to see who actually runs the show. I'm assuming he is as a natural halfback, but if you're an owner of Nick Arima and you got in early, he's going to be a good, nice little pickup now, isn't he? Yeah, I think you were saying uh, mid-40s, was he? Yeah, When he mid-40s. was playing at half, which is yeah, pretty handy. It, it'll be interesting just to see if he does steer the ship and um, Nick Arima can play that running 5'8". But yeah, I guess we'll wait and see there. But with uh, Ryan James, I mean, we talked about he's killing it. Dynamis Louie only played 24 minutes. He's an origin player too. Yeah. Is is there going to be a point where Ryan James starts or is he is the impact off the bench just working so well? Yeah. It's going to be an interesting one, Corbs. I think, I think you're on the right path. I think there's going to be a rotation between the forwards. You know, we talked – when me and you spoke on Sunday night, we spoke about Tommy Starling, and we think that he might, you know, add a little bit more than Havili at the moment. And you think Imre Gula and Corey Horsborough and Corey Hari and Naira aren't even in this team, so they've got an, another bench that aren't even playing right now. They're they're not even on the extended bench. No, that's how crazy it is. That's how much depth I think Pen- uh, Canberra, sorry, have the best forward pack in the comp, and it's not even close. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like those, those three, four forwards there. I know we keep saying it, but they would walk in to but, any team, any seventeen yeah. elsewhere. But I just got my stats on O'Sullivan. Sorry, mate. He's played five games at half, forty-four average. His base is thirty-one tackles, one tackle break, hundred and seventy-six kick meters. His three starts at five eight, thirty-one average, and he's mate. He's three hundred nineteen k break even of twenty-four. If he runs the ship at the Warriors. You've got to get him yeah. in there somewhere. Like, I've dropped – because I had on my emergency Jack Gruszkowski, and he was only there because I couldn't cover Edge. But I don't even care anymore. So I'm just going to be making money. I don't care about making – because my two Edge players are Jordan Ricky and Angus Crichton. So if they don't play, I'll make some adjustments elsewhere. But I think it's just silly. I think you'll be making plenty of cash. He's CHT, they reckon 12 weeks he's going to be on the sideline. So he's got 12 weeks to prove himself. He does have Paul Turner in the background. But it is yeah. his spot to lose, I reckon. The Warriors supporters are massive raps on Paul Turner and very happy to see him just on the extended bench. Yeah. But yeah, he he, he goes good, yeah. Paul Turner. Paul Turner, I think yeah. the biggest problem between him and Nick Arima is you're going to have two running halves and you're going to have no one to run the show. I think that's the reason why Brownie's gone for Sean O'Sullivan because I know that Brownie's got a huge rap because he said it himself. Paul Turner reminds him of Anthony Mundine. And if anyone loves Anthony Mundine, it's Nathan Brown, mate. Yeah. Um, are you worried about Bailey Sirenin? It was in a sling. Yeah, NRL Physio mentioned something today. He said it was very unusual that someone's in a sling. So he's yeah. he's expecting, he goes, even if it's precaution, you wouldn't put someone in a sling. So when NRL Physio says something like that, 
yeah, it kind of gets the light bulbs going a little bit that he probably is in a little bit of doubt. Yeah. No, I just note that photo that was obviously circulating and then it just sort of got me excited. Does um, Murdoch Masilla finally get a start in back row? But he's named there. We'll mm. just have to wait and see. Yeah, we certainly will. Let's move on a bit, Corbs. And the second game on Super Saturday is 5.30. Broncos versus Bulldogs. Two teams coming off t- two losses. For the spoon. It could be the, the early spoon. <laughs> the spoon bowl. The spoon bowl. But a few changes. Katoa is going to be starting on, that is, Tupaluto Katoa. It's his second game in first grade for the Doggies coming in place of DWZ. Uh, Jerry Marshall King, he returns starting at number nine. Corey Riddell replaces Raymond for Taylor Mariner in the back row. Joey Stinson, he's back on the bench. A lot of people have been waiting for him to resurrect himself. The Broncos are unchanged. However, today, journalists at the Broncos training did spot Tommy Dearden, who's been named at number 18, training between hooker and also halfback. So, Corbs, what do you reckon? He'll be, he'll be in there as a utility, don't you reckon? Yeah, I think he will. <laughs> I don't know how he's not in there when he's... He showed enough that he was pretty decent last year. And those other two, they were pretty bad on the weekend. Joe Stimson, I, I don't know what people are getting excited about him for. He He's not fantasy. His <laughs> fantasy stats don't do him any, no. any good. No. But it's funny just looking at the bench now for both these teams and the forwards we just talked about, the Raiders. There's miles, daylight between them. Mate, they've got three teams. They could name three packs before the Doggies name one. Seriously, yeah. Oh, the the four, the starting forwards. There's a couple of decent ones in there, but they're they're guys on their bench. Yeah, it'll be did did not expect to go into that fourteen with the news that he's training half and hooker, and Corey Waddell, the other one, going in for for Taylor Mariner. He's a few people are pretty happy about that one. Yeah, going in the second row. He should. Um, I think there's a bit of love. I'd, from Barrett there, yeah. I don't want, previously. I, I don't want to knock him, but is there a more fantasy, fantasy, less relevant starting front row than Ogden and Heverington? Yeah, they just don't seem to score points. They just can't. They, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with them. It's, they're 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 two blokes that don't can't sort of punch the defence line either. Like they're post contact meters. I I haven't really dived into it here, but they. Don't that I can't imagine they'd be great compared uh, compared to others Definitely in the front not. row. Big rap to my boy Jordan Ricky. He must have been listening to the podcast when I gave him a serve last week. <laughs> he gets one of those. Gay Jordan seventy killed it. Funny that the boys on the chat weren't really talking shit about him anymore, weren't they? After that round one, but it was an easy one. He missed ten t- tackles in that first one, so it was going to be an easy reversal. But the guy probably a little bit worried about Patrick Carrigan. He came back sixty minutes. He looked. Wasn't that kind of interested last week? It's got in that kind of 30s mark. He was a little bit of a worry, and I think that 60-minute mark might continue. Yeah, we thought that, like, I think the only, it got thrown out as a bit of an outlier the week before where he played the 80 minutes. Who got injured? They got heat. Uh, they had Lodge. They had Lodge. Yeah, Lodge went off, and that, and so, yeah, before the rotation started. Yeah, 39. Um, so, yeah, I, we said not to go near him. I don't think many people that, Knew their fantasy went near him, and they all had, gave the same advice. Yeah, but Kevy, mate, when he when he brought on Asiata and Teo, they were all rubbish, and then they brought on those two young blokes, Kennedy and Bollamore, and those two young blokes really stood up. I thought they should bring those two forward to that thirty minutes, 
they both got a bit of size and they both just got a little bit of energy. No, you, you surely you want that. You'd be giving them more minutes and just saying, if you don't want to be on the field, I'm going to let these blokes come on. And I don't think you can start both Flegler and Pangai Jr. at the same time and then pull them both off at the same time. It just doesn't work. You just lose total momentum. They lost the game when they did it. Yeah, well, there's no real, there's no leaders coming on off the bench, is there? No. Even number 18, look at their extra reserves. Dearden, Kenner, Pakes, and Oates. So realistically, they don't have a lot of middle options in terms of replacing Asiata and Teo either. The only thing I'm thinking is they might go with Dearden and Oates to kind of give them a few options off the bench, but... The Broncos, they're looking terrible. And looking at their draw, you brought it up actually at the start of the season and you you kind of warned people away from picking up a few of the Broncos guys because of the draw and the fact that they might not put points on. Like their job security, you know, Milford got a serve this week. Croft got put on notice. Turpin, this is a big one. Turpin's probably the biggest one for me. And I think the warning sign will be as soon as either Pakes or Didden enters the bench I think Dearden's going to uh, – sorry, Jake Turpin's going to be a sell. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, big time. The, the outside backs, like even – I know Tessa New, he scored 40-odd 40, 40 with a try, though, on yeah. the weekend. Like, you look at other backs and other teams, that if they score a try, some of them, you know, could potentially push Kotrick, that 60. Mate. Actually, before we, we move on, is I think that's got a guy we've got to talk about is Nick Kotrick quickly because he's, he's averaging 40 middles – and he's not even scoring, and I don't expect them to be scoring. That's a pretty good score, but for his base, yeah, he's dropping back. He's doing. Who picked on that? Was that Wacko? That originally? yeah, it was. It was Wacko on the trial. Yeah, he's he's continuing to do that. That's mm. so good. How good has his tackle <laughs> busting been? Like he's always been good at it, but now the consistency it doesn't usually do back to back. But he proved that wrong. He he smashed him last week. Yeah, he's good. He's scoring monsters. Agree. Now, moving on, 7.30 is Bankwest Stadium. Eels versus the Sharkies. I'm going out to this game. My brother's invited me. Can't wait. There's some, there's some rivalry in this one between the boys. There's plenty of para. I think Andy's going to be there, You're too. the only Sharks, aren't you? It's oh, yeah. about three of them, just India. I don't care. We're going to flog them. Anyway, both, it's, it's interesting. Both have named, and actually both guys went pretty well at centre last week. Parramatta, Nakore, he was outstanding at right centre. And then Tracy, he was pretty good when he came on for Harati, because Harati was having a bit of a a bit of a silly game there on on Sunday night. But the guy that I really want to talk to you about is Isaiah Papa Lee. We both kind of pointed him out at the start of the season, but we didn't expect those minutes that he's getting. But he gets a crack now in that starting lineup, and I know Madison's eventually going to come back. But this is also a bit of a a bit of a warning to Sean Lane that he has to step his game up because Maddo's coming back as first string, and now it's. Two guys fighting for that other spot, you reckon? Yeah, he's, he's a beast over at Warriors. Everyone in fantasy loved him, but obviously the Warriors didn't. And he's just come over and he's yeah he's killing it at the moment. A full 80, will it take any out of him? It didn't seem to when he was at the Warriors start. I don't think so. He's used to doing row. it. He's a New Zealand representative. I just think he loves the system. Plenty of Kiwi boys at Para. David Kidwell, the assistant coach. So he fits in really, really well there. Wants an opportunity probably sees it as an opportunity to be in a top four team and he's just taking it by the – he's been – I reckon he's the most improved player in the NRL, even though it's only two two games in. He's been my most impressive buy and improvement. Yeah, no, he has been good. Does um 
Do the Sharkies look at a new goal kicker this week? No, I don't think so. You got to think, Chatty, <laughs> mate. Actually, you know, you can explain this. Chatty had a baby on Thursday night, and he backed up two days later. You've had two kids, both under the age of six, and it's been recent. What were you like a couple of days after their birth? Oh, as good as gold, mate. It's you were blind. Back. You probably, were probably blind. Probably, <laughs> probably, probably kick six from six. <laughs> Poor Easy. Chatty, <laughs> especially when he was he killed it in that first round too, kicking it from everywhere. But I just think I saw when he was lining up the last kick and he didn't change the ball and he kept lining it up to that left post. Yeah, because oh, he had the same kick. Yeah. Because like, it almost in the same spot. Because he struck it well. He struck it really well. He just put oh, it I in the wrong spot. didn't lose its line. Yeah. yeah. He, just... he just needed to go oh. wide on the right post. Yeah. No, he's, he'll, he'll bounce back. He's a he's a professional. He is a professional. He copped a lot. I work with a Sharks, a Sharks fan, and he was filthy. Yeah, it is what it is. But Toby Rudolph's an interesting one because he's very similar to Tino. We'll, we'll touch on this on the Thursday show as well. They're making ineffective tackles. So what that essentially means is these boys go in for sh- literally shoulder charges. They're missing six to seven tackles a game, but – in when you're coaching them in general, if you watch them, they're not actually. So what they're doing is they're making contact, and that contact actually brings the player onto someone else. As a coach, you know what I'm talking about, Corbs. Like literally, it's a missed tackle in fantasy, but realistically, if you're a coach, in you literally, it's like a it's a bit of a pinball, isn't it? Because he's making front tackle, but he's kind of pushing him onto his next two edges, so they just wrapping him up and putting him straight on the ground, so you don't lose anything. Well, I was watching him on the weekend because he had six, and I think he had um, seven, maybe round one. Mm. But he'll be in marker, and he'll just like dive effort and almost ankle tap yeah. and take a bit of gas from whoever's running the ball. But yeah, that's a missed tackle for him. So it's it's quite annoying. It's effective for their team. Yeah, because he's he's setting it up not, for the next tackler to finish it off. Yeah, he's, he's not actually missing the tackle, but in fantasy, it's a miss because he's not actually making the tackle. And then, like I said, he does a lot of it in front front on as well. So that's the reason why him and Tino, you just go watch them closely and watch. They're just making ineffective tackles, which isn't bad for their team, but is bad for us in fantasy. Yes. Oh, missed tackles are never fun. Because I mean, he got massive minutes in that first round. And, yeah, seven missed tackles in that one as well. So six and seven. It's not a good average if he keeps that up. Like, that's massive points that he's losing. Yeah, you have to speak about to bomb about that one. Let's move on now. Back at your hood, McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle Sunday. Knights versus the Tigers. Finally, Joey Lalua got punted. But Tommy Talau, he's going to be starting on the left edge. And on the other side of things, oh, Zane Musgrave also makes his way into the starting lineup, which isn't good for owners of Joe Offigan Howe, who's been dropped back to the bench. Interesting. So they're going to be running a three-bench, three-middle bench rotation. So interesting on that side. Connor Watson, again, named in 13, but expect him to probably start from the interchange bench. Kurt Manns back in, replacing Felix Crossland. He hasn't had a bad good start to the season. He's already been suspended twice. <laughs> yeah, I did hear. Yeah, he, he's been suspended, so Betty. Might have been injured anyway, so he was good. Sort of worked out well. Okay, mate. What have you made of uh, well, your boy Stefano? He's on the chopping block, isn't he? Yeah, I don't. I think he's just going to like with that bench now. He's not going to get the minutes that I thought he was going to. 
Um, but he's still making some slow burn money for you, right? Yeah, no, he'll still be fine. You wouldn't get rid of him in classic. But yeah. I've got him in draft thinking he might have been one to sort of push into that pack. But Zane Musgrove is just leapfrog straight back in. Uh, a Tigers mate of mine has got massive raps on Zane Musgrove. Okay. I was trying to – when mm. I saw him line up there today, I went and dived into the fantasy stats and there's nothing that sort of jumps out to say that he's one to get straight away. But, yeah, when I'm there, I'm going to go this game. I'll uh, I'll be keeping an eye on him just to see oh, you're going. what he racks up with the points. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Well, when I caught up with Billy Walters, he said that he's the strongest player in the club. He yeah. reckons he's a machine in the gym. So it could be a nice little tussle between him and Saifidi up front and Clem. So looking forward to this one. Hopefully Alex Twelve being getting some good minutes. I'm a little bit worried about Brooksy though. Him and Dewey just did not look like they're on the same page on the weekend. And I know Joey and Freddie Fitler were absolutely just giving it to him, but maybe it's just because that first run back and they looked a lot better in the trials. They just didn't look like they wanted to run into the line at all. Yeah, it's a bit hard when Beer they're working out their yeah. combination against the Roosters. But, yeah, he, a couple of his kicking options towards the end of the set. I don't know. He, I feel like he's a bloke that be listening to all the noise on social media too. Hopefully he doesn't and he just goes out and has a crack again. He started like he's running. was outstanding, as you said. Yeah. Mate, but, can you imagine not being – there's 40% of people that own Dane Laurie. What are you doing the other 60%? Like, he started at what? What was it, like 290K or something? Yeah, like, he's he's been outstanding, hasn't he? Has he what? All right, let's move on. Last game, and it is the Cows versus the Titans. That's 6.15 up there in Townsville. But our boy, Toddy Payton, I'm going to kill him eventually because he's killing me. Like, is it, Was this the first game you went to have a look at? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going just – I want you to say, mate, I'm telling you – I hope there's a market for sacked coaches. I want to put some money on Todd Payton. He's got no idea what he's doing. What was his contract, though? I don't know. If it's performance-based, eh, you might you might have something. If they continue the way they're doing, what's really standing out is not only – well, Val was a lot more involved. There's no doubt that he had a word to Val and goes, look, you can do what the hell you want. But realistically, they don't have a general call in the shots. Michael Morgan, Clifford, and Drinkwater all confused about who is the chief. And it it shows in the stats. All of them have like 130, 140 kick meters, which it's like a school team wanting everyone's calling the ball. This is what has to happen. Michael Morgan needs to play halfback. Drinkwater needs to play six. Clifford's going to the Knights. He needs to be punted out of this team. He's not even good enough to be in their team. Val is a very good fullback. Put him back there. And I'm telling you, you will win games. Well. Drinkwater has he his trisis was quite high last year, and we know Morgan can lead a team around. Um, a couple of years back, when he took them almost through to the the GF without JT, and then Holmes, well, twenty eighteen at fullback. I, I watch a lot of footy and I watch a lot of shows. I look at a lot of stuff online. Yeah, it's everyone except Todd is saying to make those changes like with. Uh, drink water five eight, um, bow back to fullback, and obviously uh, Morgan at at half. But, but the yeah, thing is, his um, press conferences are becoming embarrassing. Like his lack of confidence in his team. When you got a team and Val comes out public, he goes, "I want to be play fullback." You got Drinkwater, he says, "I want to play five eight. Morgan says, "I want to play halfback," and Lolo says, "I want to play more minutes." 
and he doesn't do anything. They're, that's their four best players, and they're all getting agitated by the coach. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a bloke I'd like to have a beer with, but um, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. If, if they lose this game, I can't see him beating Gold Coast. Then, yeah, their next few games are just against the Sharkies. Yeah. It's going to be I tough. don't know what they're going to do. Um, over on the – well, just sticking with the Cowboys, eh? they've got a new winger. Yeah, they do. Murray Tul, uh, Tulagi. Yeah, but that should only be while Kyle Felt's out. He's out surely. for a couple of weeks. And then on the other side of things, Tanner Boyd's going to be replacing Ash Taylor. Another hand injury, which goes – in line with Brian Kelly from a couple of weeks ago as well. Philip Sammy didn't do too badly coming in for Kelly. I don't think he holds his spot for much longer. AJ Brinson, looking for him to bounce back. The big one, Corbs, Fogarty. Without Taylor, mate, he could go nuts this week. Yeah, he could be huge. And annoyingly, I'm playing against Louis, who's got Fogarty in draft. <laughs> but, like, do you have him in classic? Did you go Fogarty? Yeah, in my burner team, I do. Yeah, I'd... I went um, the Brooks and Cleary combo, but without Cleary now, those that have Fogarty and didn't go the Cleary, yeah. like you said at the start, with a few changes this week, there could be uh, plenty of rank changes as well. Mm. Surely we, we talk, Cleary can't play, Kenny. No, I don't think he makes protocols. It'd be silly. It's round three. I understand if it was like what, if they, they had to make the top rule. four or something and there was the last they round. They didn't bring this rule it. in for nothing. Like, this rule is – that's the reason they brought in. It's so they can come in as an outside agency and go, no, player safety, yeah. you're not playing. Especially with so much talk around head knocks and, like you just said, protecting players. If they're serious about protecting players, they can't let Cleary play this week. His his health's more important than winning a round three game. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that is it for tonight. But remember, we will be doing our Q&A show. We've got plenty of questions to get through. You can kind of get in now, but make sure you get in before about 4 p.m. on Wednesday. So I'm sure that you'll be hearing this either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. But hit the podcast hotline up, 0284057947, just to let you know. It's not live. So it's a hotline. It's a recorder. You leave your message. And I play it. Sorry, Corbs, go. Oh, I just also, we, we didn't do too well. We'll dive into the multis tomorrow. We've got a few legs up each, but if you've got any uh, good tips to chuck into our multis, um, we'll happily take them as well because we've come off a bad week. Yeah, me and Corbs have been carving up without the ones we put on air, but yeah, <laughs> we both get one of these for that. We've been snaking everyone. How good was my multi that I didn't put on air? Now I look like yeah. a goose. But we've also got Physio Phil coming on. He'll be checking out Appy Chorus, our Lolo, Brian Kelly. We've got a few others from today to look for. There's about six players we're going to go through with Physio Phil, so look out for that one as well. But, Corby, I think we've kind of made a pretty good duo, I don't reckon. Yeah, I, I don't know where we fit Andy back into this, and I hope he listens to this tomorrow. <laughs> it's kind of like what well, we would take a Todd Payton approach. We don't need him anymore. Yeah, less minutes. I don't care. Yeah, we'll put a we'll put a little thing on Instagram. We'll let the we'll let the punters decide. We'll put a yes or no. Does Andy return to the starting lineup, or maybe we can bring him back off like a a ten minute segment like the other boys? He's got a huge break. Even I don't think we start him. Yeah, I agree. All right, Corbs. We'll catch you tomorrow, mate. See you, mate. Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with the snake noise. <laughs>